Hey! <laughs> oh, freak. What up? <laughs> oh, what up, dog? What's good, bro? What up, dog? I thought I was talking to Django. What up? <laughs> Django, man. I look like Django. Nah. <laughs> I just need to get my hair dead, man. How you doing? What's up, King? All is well, man. How's how's everything? What part of Florida are you in? Tallahassee? Nah, man. We're in Pensacola, bro. Golly, Pensacola. You way down there. Nah, we at the top, bro. We right by um I'm in New York now, but I was in Tampa. I'm talking about for us. I used to be in Tampa, so I know when we used to go to Pensacola, he yeah. used to be like, man, that ride back is crazy. <laughs> now nah, we're getting ready to move though. We um moving to Jacksonville next year. Oh, Jacksonville? Duval. Yeah. Dang, how's the wife? She's good? Yes, sir, man. She's well, man. She's well. So She's look, for now. We got like we got a couple thousand subscribers and everybody's right. I was like, man, you don't got no strong black men. I said, hold on, let me find some. Then I then I saw you picking up your girl and I saw all these kids. I was like, dang, in Kansas, I'm like, Purnell, yeah, Purnell. I was like, freak, you right, man. <laughs> man, I definitely appreciate that, bro. Nah, so it's so it's like, so just imagine it's a master class on you. Right? So imagine your kids being like 30 and wonder what his dad, what their dad were going through when they're 30. Yes, sir. So we just gonna chronologize everything else. Okay. And, uh, you can feel, say whatever you want to say. You can say whatever you want. It can be unedited, edited. You know, we don't really edit it. You can't edit your life, you know. Oh, definitely, definitely. You can't unedit that. Right. That's and it. Whenever That's you're ready, it I'm a, whenever you're ready, I'm gonna gas this thing up. Man, I'm ready whenever you are, bro. All right. All right, folks. Welcome back to this podcast. All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. It's a podcast about being alone for your own thoughts. We got a special guest, ladies and gentlemen. We got a father. Uh, we got an entrepreneur, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Pernell Lucas. What's up, dog? That's good, brother. How you doing, man? Long time, man. What, 15 yes, years, man? Man, probably a little bit longer than that. Longer than that, man. My first memory of Pernell, <laughs> I remember your dad. Your dad. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad, taking you to, your dad taking you to the gym, and uh, I forgot they had like young kids playing. Your dad's like, no, no, my my boy can go. He can go. He ready to go. <laughs> he said, no, nah, ball. Now nah, put him in. He he ain't scared. <laughs> my dad was always throwing me out there, bro. You already know how my dad was. I remember, man. I remember your dad used to always throw you out there. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, Pernell can do the drills. Let Pernell go. I was like, all right. Throwing me out there with the woods, man. Y'all didn't treat me no different. <laughs> what y'all, up? Y'all told no mercy. Dang man, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. Let's let's talk about right now. How's the pandemic affecting you guys out there? Cause you out in Florida right now. Um, honestly, it's not really doing too much to us right now. Um, we vibing, we chilling. The only thing we really have a hassle with is just the hurricanes that keep on coming this way. Mm. Other than that, you know, pandemic straight. You know, working, wife is fine, kids are good. Everything's pretty much straight this way. Y'all get hit heavy by hurricanes too. I know town from Tampa, so Tampa we don't really get no. We get hurricanes, but we never get hit by it. We're like always in the eye of the storm. Well, I wouldn't say get hit. We had we got hit by Sally. So you know, Sally was yeah that that was that was too much, man. You know, actually having to experience that with my children was that's a whole different experience. You know, dealing with it when we were younger. Mm-hmm. It's fine to Danny now understand what my parents went through when we were younger having to deal with that. Um, I understand how scared my children were. So me, you know, me and my wife, we didn't sleep, you know, when Sally was going on. We stayed up, 
We had to make sure stuff wasn't going to break. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, shit wasn't going to fall from the ceiling. Um, we had no power. We had no power for like two weeks. Jesus Christ. Uh, so, you know, it was hot. But we ended up taking my kids to my parents' house. You know, we thugged it out at the house because, you know, we got two dogs here. And um, my nephew doesn't like animals. So we, we we ended up staying with the dogs and my kids ended up going to my mom's in the house. What's the age range of your kids? Um, I have a nine-year-old. That's my oldest daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, her name is Layla. My son, Josiah, that's my second oldest. He is eight. He just turned eight, actually, on the 17th of October. My third is Phoenix. Her birthday is actually in two weeks on the 16th, and she is going to be six. And I have a four-year-old, and his name is Tony. And he just turned four in September. Father of four, man. Yeah, bro. Just like Offset. Four and done, bro. Four and done. You never know, man. You never know. that hey, that's that ship is still, bro. It's good. <laughs> I'm good on that. Definitely good on that. Let's let's go back before we had kids. Let's go to the beginning of your life, man. Where are you born? Where are you from? Where do y'all call home? Actually, funny story. I'm actually born and raised here. I was born not born and raised, but I was born in Florida. I was born in actually Fort Walton. Um mm-hmm. out there in Okaloosa County. Um my dad, you know, my dad, dad was in the Air Force, so you know, my dad did a lot of traveling, but, you know, before I was, when I came along, he was stationed here, and they ended up having me here in Florida um, along with my my other sister. But after that, you know, I was here for, like, I want to say a couple years, and then we ended up moving to Japan. What's your early remembrance of Florida? Do you remember that? Do you remember how long you stayed? Do you remember your first? Uh, the only thing I can really remember from being here it's falling down the hill, bro. I was two years old. Um, I never could forget it because my dad was telling me to run. I said no running. Next thing you know, fell down the hill, and I got a, I had a gash. And I remember the gash because I still got the gash on my head. You can't see it because I got hair on my head. But that's the only remembrance from being here. After that, you know, everything was really uh, basically a blur until we moved to Japan. What age did you guys go to Japan? Um, I was two years old. My first trip, my first trip. uh, So we've been there twice. Uh, My first trip there, I was two. You know, I was two. I was there from two until my second grade year. I was about seven, seven years old. Do you have early remembrance of Japan? Do you remember like being in first grade? Do you remember your first teacher? I remember my kindergarten teacher and my, I don't know if she was my second or first grade teacher, but I remember both of those teachers. Um, actually, I remember my second grade teacher very well. So, uh, and my kindergarten teacher, um, God bless her, she's passed away. Uh, she was very old during that time period. She was about 75 years old when I was two. Jesus I mean, not when I was two, but when I was in kindergarten, she was old, bro. Her name was Miss Bone. I'll never forget her. i never well, forget she's old. What about her stood out besides her age? What about her stood out? Um... She was very, she was very into her students, as in she wanted to see us do good. Uh, she did, she, um, any kids that had problems, you know, she made sure she would actually help those children that needed problems. Um, we had kids in our classroom that were, that would do off the, off the wall stuff, saying like eating glue and stuff, you know, she had to take care of that, do, dealing with that, and while all of us other, you know, dealing with our ABCs and everything around that age. Um, 
other than that, that's really all I can remember. She she was pretty old, bro. She was lenient. We didn't really do too much in that class. I can tell you that. She made everybody take naps the whole time. Uh, she probably did, bro. She, she was taking I, a nap for right She's like, let's all take a nap together. Dude, not our class, bro. That was a really, that was a pretty wild bunch, man. What's the I, the age difference between you and your sister? Well, you know, I got three sisters. So my okay. older sister, you know, uh, Shakina, me and her are six years apart. Okay. Um, my younger sister, my two younger sisters, um, I'm four years younger than, I mean, not four years younger, excuse me. It's, the, you know, four years older than Alberta, which is my younger sister, and two years um, older than Antoinette, which is the one under me. Yeah, because I remember you guys had a nice, a nice gang, but your older sister was gone most of the time. Yeah, you know, she ain't fooled us. She tortured us, but what's it so like what's it like being in that big family? A black big big family, four people going up hauling and stuff like that. Enough lots of memories and stuff. What was it like? Uh dad bringing you guys to Japan. Do you remember that? Do you remember those talks? Yeah, man. Because where's your dad from? My dad, my ex, my mom and my dad, they're both from Atlanta. Uh, born and raised in Atlanta. So my family is actually from Atlanta. I don't have no family here in Florida, no attachments, nothing. Everything is in Atlanta. But, um. So what's it like, like is these Southerners, Southerners, I think it's, it's different for Southerners raising you in a different country because it's, you know, they try to do these Southern ways, but it's completely different when your kids are living a life you've never lived before. Man, my dad was a whole different breed, man. I could honestly tell you, man, like, to be real with you, I don't know too much about my dad's history because of the lifestyle he chose for us to grow up in you know we didn't get a chance to I didn't my older sister did my my older sister she was born in Atlanta so she you know she grew up understanding but me for say I don't understand what my dad went through yeah. to uh, understand why he chose the route for us to grow up the way he wanted us to grow up you know he never sat us down gave us those talks explaining you know this that and the third you know so he just basically mainly kept us away from the drugs, the alcohol, you know, anytime we went back home. My dad was very strict, bro. Like, my dad was probably the most strict person in the world, bro. I I kid you not, man. Some stories I got, I got about that man right there. But, um, yeah, man, my dad, very strict, very strict. He, he wouldn't allow us to do anything. Uh, more so me. You understand, I, I basically bent the rules a little bit. I grew up the only boy, so me having to deal with three, I grew up in a house full of women. So my dad is basically Air Force. He's not really home as much. He's always TDY, you know, he's always at work. Me, I'm in a house with three sisters, you know, getting tortured. Otherwise, I can't beat them up. You already understand that. I put a hand on them, I get in trouble. So I just basically sit there, either take it or, you know, I, I go outside, man, you know. I got, I got his, me and my sister, man, we got some history together, some history. So before, so when you, so you remember when your little sister was born, so what was it like, do you remember when it was just y'all two, when it was just you and your older sister? Um, vaguely, bro, vaguely. You know, the only time I really remember as much with my older sister with us two is when I see pictures. Um, mm -hmm. Or when my parents tell me, you know, I used to follow my, I used to be, they tell me I used to be up under my sister 24-7. She come home from school. I'm right there at the door waiting for her. You know, my parents actually dressed us alike. We used to wear the same outfits. You know, I actually, I didn't, 
I don't remember that, but seeing the pictures is like, dang, that's really true. I actually really did actually dress like my sister. You know, that's that's fucking crazy. But um, me and her, uh, we did sports together. You know, she did Taekwondo. I did Taekwondo martial arts. Uh, she played baseball. I played baseball. She didn't do too much of any other sports but that, but that's really all the remembrance I have with me and my older sister uh, because she wasn't She's six years older than us, so well older than me. Right. So I'm not gonna really too much see her that much. What was what was mom like in the beginning, growing up? Was mom the the soft? Was dad the authoritarian, and mom was the mom was the the gentle voice, or both of them were southern people? Boy, my mom is strict. As, my mom is strict as fuck, bro. <laughs> I, I, I grew up with the most strict parents, bro. I grew up with the most strict. I think parents. I think like, we nobody always understand. We were y'all, like, you know, Bernard got it worse than us. <laughs> Man, y'all, y'all don't understand, man. Y'all don't understand. I grew up with the most strict parents. I love my parents to death, bro. Best parents I can ever ask for, bro. Best parents. Very strict. Very strict. My mom was very strict. You know, when they lay the law, they really mean the law. So, you know, basically, you know, if if one of us disobeyed one of our parents, somebody's going to step in. I don't. I couldn't tell you which one I would rather choose. That's how serious growing up with both of my parents. I couldn't tell you. It doesn't matter which one, you know, disciplined either one of us. We we got it. We so, got it, man. So, but so. yeah, my mom, you know, great woman. Um, very strong. Uh I wouldn't I wouldn't choose no other mother than that woman right there. Uh, she's a strong fighter. Um she's a cancer survivor. So, ah, she, that's, yeah, that's, that's mom's right there. Very strong. So, you know, we, we cherish every moment we have with her now, but apologize, you know, for the shit that we used to do to her back in the day. Now we do that. Well, you're a man now. Now you can look back on your life and see where you were wrong and how they were right, you know? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes as well. I think sometimes when you're raising millennial kids, it's just like we were right. It's just we weren't supposed to be asking questions. Exactly, bro. You see where I'm coming from. I see where you're coming from. I was like, man, because we had technology. Technically, we were right. We are Googling all the answers. Like, no, nah, this ain't right. They, they don't know what they're doing. Yep. You already know. Do what I say, not what I ask. I was like, all right. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, we're, so, we're, so we're in Japan, and then you leave, right? What's it like leaving? Or do you remember your first friend that you made? Remember any friends in second grade that you made? <coughs> so, actually, I still keep in contact with all those people. Well, actually, oh. it's about three people I still keep in contact with that I've actually known since the first time I moved to Japan. Um, you know her, Gregoria uh, Johnson. Me and her was in, in kindergarten together. Um, and also Tony Rodriguez. I don't know if you know Anthony Rodriguez, but... Those two people I keep in contact with. I actually haven't heard from Anthony in a minute. But Gregoria, um, we still keep in contact just off of the grill. We've known each other. We literally grew up. I still got photos of us and books of us with when we was, like, in kindergarten. So, yeah, I still keep in contact with a lot of people that I grew up with the first time um, being in Japan and the second time around. So when y'all leave the first time, where do y'all go? Where does Pops take y'all? Um, first time we left, uh, we went to Germany. Um, we was in Germany for, I want to say a couple of years. I remember. Yeah, we was in Germany for a couple of years. I think I want to say I was there till, yeah, I was there till about fifth grade. We went to Germany my third grade year. 
um, and I was there until about fifth grade. We was at Ramstein. Walk us through, is it easy for you to make friends or what's it like? What's the people you meet out there? How's their situation changed? I'm a very social person. I, you know, growing up with three sisters, it's easy for me to associate with, you know, other males because I, I can't relate to my sisters. My sisters can't relate with nothing with me. So it was easy for me to make friends anywhere I really went. I played sports. Um, that's what really stood out about me. That's how I made my friends. You know, my dad would put me in a, in a sport. I go out there and play. Baseball was my dominant sport during that time period. Um, I couldn't be touched in baseball. Um, I pitched left and right-handed. Uh, I play. I pitch. Um, I play. I play catcher, and I play center field. Um, and occasionally I play shortstop. But um, that that all changed when I got hit with the ball, bro. Well, walk us through that. What happened? Um, I remember that like it was yesterday because I I still feel like I kind of messed my back up, but I never had got that shit checked out. Um, but it was a it was a rival match. I never forget it. Uh, me and the kid, me and the pitcher actually had an outing for each other. Me, high head, very young, mm -hmm. was mouthing back and forth to each other. Um, so what he did, he pitched the ball. The first time he pitched it, he tried to hit me. I moved, and I said, then I looked at, him, I was like, bro, like, like for real. So the second time he pitched it, he intentionally threw the ball to me, but the ball came so fast I didn't know which way to move. So I instantly turned my back. Because I felt like I can take that pressure in my back instead of taking it here in the um in the um right here in the kidney area. Like I, I don't I felt like taking it in the back was much better. So yes, I did take it and I tell you that shit hurt like a motherfucker. I cried all the way to first base. And my dad, I never forget it, my dad's telling me to shut the hell up and run to first base. He said, You be all right. <laughs> and like like, bro, I just got hit with a heart and this is not no soft ball, bro. We playing with hard balls. And I kid you not, bro, still to this day, I, I think about this shit all the time. I actually had that ball. You kept the ball. You kept the yeah, ball. Bro. <laughs> I, still had, I still have that ball, bro. I still have that ball. That ball is somewhere around this house. Uh, I think Josiah was messing with it because they be playing. I, be, um, I play baseball with them. But I, I told them about that ball. So, but yeah, man, I, I'll never forget that damn day. I'll never forget it because my dad told me to shut the hell up and get the first base. So how old when this happened? What are we like? 10, 10, 11? Uh, yeah, about around that age. About around no, so yeah, yeah, yeah. About around nine, ten. Do you think that um growing up, since your dad grew up rough in Atlanta, he had to make sure that you were tough? Was he always preaching that message to you? Um so the tough part, I I will I, I put my my older sister, you know, that's that's all her doing. She beat this she beat me up every day, bro. Um like I said, we did Taekwondo. So who else who else am I to to practice with? My two younger sisters didn't do uh, Taekwondo. They did ballet and shit. Um and gymnastics and shit. They didn't really do too much of the Taekwondo. I think they I think uh, Antoinette she played basketball, but me and Shakina, bro, Shakina had an outing for me, I believe. I ain't gonna sit down and lie to you. But yeah, she would always beat me up. Uh, she she would toughen me up. She didn't. She you know she always told me, I'm not gonna have no sissy brother. So it's like I, you know, keeping it all, you know, keeping it real. She she ain't she wasn't trying to have that shit. And also going home, you know, summertime uh, after you know after school was out. Um, every time we went home, bro, 
every time we went motherfucking home, bro. <laughs> bro, I kid you not. I, I tell you, man, I thank God for the family that I grew up in. I couldn't ask for a better a better family. The family my dad, the family that raised my father, bro, couldn't ask for a better family, bro. Reason why I tell you that, I went home. Every time we went home in that fucking summer, bro, every time we went home, every summer, Matter of fact, it didn't even matter. Anytime we went home on a vacation, my nigga, on a fucking vacation. My dad's family, my mom's family, very lenient, bro. They chill, bro. You know, sit down, drink a little bit. They, they, they're very chill. My dad's side of the family, nah. As soon as you step out that car, bro, you're getting your ass beat. And I'm not bullshitting, bro. <laughs> I have every single one. And the reason why they beat out, it's not just me. They wouldn't beat up on the girls or anything. Like, if the girls try to get rough, yeah, they'll roughhouse with them. But the boys, bro, they beat our ass every day. I kid you not, bro. I'll never forget my dad's mom. Uh, she has a a high deck on the back porch. We used to, you know, they would jump us. Like, they were, <laughs> they, they, they're grown. These are my grown cousins. These are my dad's nephews. So, and the reason they told us, we're going to beat y'all ass every day because this is what y'all daddies used to do to us when we were young. So, we're going to beat y'all ass every day. And they, and I kid you not, bro, they beat our ass every day. They were tossing us everywhere. We scarred. I still got scars from when I was little from fu uh, fucking fighting with them, bro. We would try to jump off the fucking, off the porch, you know, doing WWF shit, trying to elbow drop off them. How they kept <laughs> us and tossing us on the side and shit, bro. So I grew up in a rough family. Um, a very, a very, very rough family and i thank god for that shit every day bro that what, shit what does pop say though is pops laughing when you tell him like hey man go, hey. my dad my dad don't help bro there there's no helping you i'm all on my own bro and you gotta you gotta realize i grew up on boy i ain't got no bro hey yo bro come help me now nah, so it's me and my cousins like me and my cousins that are my age we're fighting grown ass well then well to us they're grown they're like in their 20s but um like around our age and shit um beating the shit out of us, bro. Like, they would literally beat the shit out of us every day, bro. And what made it bad, my cousin, I have a cousin, Quan, he actually boxed professional for a little while. Um, I don't know what happened um, during his trial with his boxing. But great boxer, bro. His son, right now, I, I wouldn't even let no little kid box up against him. He got some He got some little hands, bro. And um, that motherfucker would beat the shit out of us every day. He taught me how to box. You know, he, he showed me a little bit of skills, this, that, and the third, whatever. But Still to this day, I will not put no gloves up against that man, bro. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't do it. Not right now. I'm going to wait till we get a little bit older. It's something about Southerners, man. We grew up completely different, man, because it felt like because they knew you lived in another location, they're like, well, let's make sure these boys ain't soft in Germany. Yep. They did that, man. I cherish it, bro. Well, who were the first people you met in Germany when you met there? Ooh. That's funny. I actually don't remember anybody from Germany. I, I actually honestly hated Germany, bro. I did not like Germany. Was I don't really, I don't remember. Cause like that that was a rough child. That was a rough um time period for me during that time period. Um so you gotta realize being a military child, people don't understand, you know, when you actually traveling around the world, you know, you're not actually in the States to where you can actually just go visit family. We missed out on growing up with family. Mm. So we miss out on funerals, you know, we miss out on, you know, things that we can't get back to because, you know, cost of flights and everything. But my dad's dad passed around during that time period, which was a hard thing on me. Um, it was, um, it's a little, it was a little hard on me, you know, 
apparently my dad said that I was close to my granddad, you know. In my matter of fact, I was close to both of my grandparents on my dad's side. I don't really too much remember too much of, you know, remembrance of that because we traveled so much doing different things. And getting beat the shit, getting beat up every goddamn day, that's all you really think about when you go back home. So I don't really too have any remembrance of actually being around my grandparents like that. But that was a rough time for me, um, time period for me when we went back home and we had to go to my dad's dad's funeral because I've never seen my dad cry before. Mm. And seeing my dad cry, it's like, like, whoa, I, I couldn't cry. I that I just couldn't cry. I I just couldn't cry. I didn't really understand what the hell was going on. Like my dad's crying, nobody's really explaining anything to me. So it's like it's like really one of my first deaths I'm actually going to, you know, going to. So I really didn't understand what was going around during that time period. Um, but when we got back, yeah, it was good. No, I, I was I was I was thinking about that. Is that the first time you said that was your first time seeing your father cry? What about yeah. his brothers? What about his brothers? Was it like the whole funeral? So, like I I didn't I didn't too much pay attention to that. I'm a child, bro. You know, I'm in a funeral. Uh, I don't really understand what's going on. All I know is, yes, it was a rough time for me. But being the since I didn't spend that time period with him, I don't really. Your memories exactly don't gravitate warm. You don't, you know, you love them, but you they have better yeah. memories with them. Yeah, I don't have no memories, bro. So it's kind of it's kind of hard for me to attach myself to, you know, attach feelings there. Mm. It's not it's not it's not easy to attach feelings to something that you 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 wasn't ra- really raised up around. And my my dad's dad died when I was young, so I really don't. I didn't have no grandparents. My mom's dad uh, passed away also, so. I only actually had my dad's mom um, for a couple of years, probably like, I want to say about 10 more years. And my mom's mom is still alive. So I actually only had one grandparent. So I really do not know my parents' family like that mm. anymore because I haven't been back home. I know more of, I know more of people's families out here where I stay at more than I know my own family. Uh, I'm actually still close with my cousins and everything. I've talked to them and everything. Um, I, I haven't been back home, but um, it's just growing up military, we don't get that attachment like that. I didn't get that. So that actually upsets me a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, but, you know, growing up, I have to deal with that. So my dad's brothers and everything, I, I can't really, you know, say too much on – how they felt during that time period. I, I didn't see them like that. I only saw my dad and my mom holding my dad. So by answering that question about my uncles, it kinda kinda hard to remember. Right. Did you did you after your dad, after your grandfather dies, do you see a change in your dad a little bit? Um you get closer to you a little bit? To be honest with you, bro, um, uh, if we're gonna be one hundred me and my dad didn't have a um, a close relationship like that, as people would think. You know, yes, I grew up with both my parents in the house, so yes, I grew up, you know, with my dad. But like I said, my dad being Air Force and being, you know, having to work so much, my dad went TDY a lot. You know, my dad was always gone, so I did not. I was literally always in the house with my mom, and my sister. Um, and if, even if my dad 
like when we was in Japan, he went to work and he came home. I didn't see my dad until I came home from fucking around doing stupid shit outside. So that's, I'm not really seeing my dad like that. It's like, by the time I come in the house, shit, what's up, pops? You know, boom, boom, boom. And let's go into sports. My dad was always my coach. That's That was me and my dad's time. I can I can go on and on and on about sports with me and my dad mm-hmm. forever. But when it comes to having sit-down talks and, like, trying to, uh, him explaining the world to me and shit like that. Nah, I didn't. I didn't get that kind of. I didn't get that kind of um, attachment to my dad. You think his pops did that for him, or was his pops? Um, him? You know, when you, the more you grow up, the more the more. How can I explain this? Um, the the more you grow. Um, in age and everything, you start to, you know, think about things. I don't, I don't really talk to my dad. Like, I'm not going to ask my dad, you know, things. I just I just can't bring myself to sitting down having a conversation with my dad. It never ends well. It never starts off good. You know, me and my dad, we both see ourselves as dominant. So it's like trying to have a conversation. It's not going to go too well because one of us is going to get mad about what somebody says or somebody's not going to understand what somebody says. More so um that's why me and him don't really communicate like that but when it comes to sports bro we're good like now nowadays yeah we straight but growing up i didn't have that with my dad he raised you like a soldier would you say like that we say you're raised that's that's how that's how i feel because you know i like i like the way you put that that's 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 a that's good right there um i can actually see what you're saying there. You know, I didn't actually think about that until you said that. That actually makes a lot of sense. Because growing up, like I said, I fought a lot. You know, even Japan, growing up, fought a lot. I got suspended a lot. Um, Germany, fighting. It's just, that's all I really knew because when we went back home, that's all that was really being done. I'm getting beat the fuck up all damn day until it gets damn dark and the mosquitoes is damn biting. We eat and I go damn home and it's the same shit the next damn day. The shit don't stop. The shit keeps on going until we leave Atlanta going back to Japan or Germany, wherever we was going to during that time period. Um, so. Sometimes I noticed that a lot of people that were in that, that era with us, it was like soldiers raising soldiers, you know? We had yeah. parents in our lives, but it was the kids that really related to each other. And exactly. we kind of raised each other by like being the the person you need to talk to. It's like, yo, I feel what you're saying. Yo, I'm going through the same stuff. What's up with it? Let's sit down. Let's vibe for a minute. Exactly. Well, walk, walk us through your mom. Your mom, as your mom, what's she like when she's telling, when she's talking to you? Because you're in the house of all women. Is your mom more nurturing to you? Because they say that mamas love their boys but raise their daughters. Do you think your Real sister talk? said that you had, to, you had it easier than them? No, really? I did, no. I did not have it easy. It's, as as much as everybody thinks that, yes, I'm the only boy in a house full of girls, you think I'd be spoiled. I would say my mom spoiled me to an extent. Like, my mom would never, she would always buy me shoes. Like, my mom would buy me, because it was so cheap in Japan, bro. So, my mom, like, anytime we went, like, anywhere overseas, you know, when we went home, she would always buy me shoes. I always had fire shoes on my damn feet. I didn't really too much care about clothes. Give me a white tee and some damn sweatpants or jeans. I didn't care, bro. My shoes was the freshest thing that you need to see. So 
Um, my mom, my mom spoiled me to an extent, but my mom, like I said, they were rough on me. So it's not like they were really trying to keep me. I want to say from like my sister says from being, she didn't want me being gay or whatever, some shit like that. Just basically keeping me tough and keeping me, you know, keeping me intact. She was um, not playing with no Barbie dolls. You know, you ain't doing this. You ain't doing that. Um, you know, my sister, she would, um, like I said, me and my oldest sister mainly fight all the time. You know, my mom really didn't do too much. It's, it was my oldest sister. My mom, she, um, actually, my mom during Japan, actually, anytime we went overseas, my mom actually teach. She, um, she would teach at the school, help at the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would um, actually just lead my sister to watching all of her siblings. And you know how older siblings get when they got to watch their younger siblings. Be quiet. Don't say nothing. Leave us alone. Man, my man, bro. You, you older, brother. You already know. What? Um. So, so we leave Germany. We don't like Germany. We leave, we're leaving Germany. Um, walk us through. Do you ever remember um, leaving Germany? Where do y'all go next after that? Uh, actually, we went back to Atlanta. We was in Atlanta for a year. That was my sixth grade year. Um, and like finally being with family and stuff like that man honestly bro it was like a dream come true Mm -hmm. um probably that was it was different uh going going to school in the states rather than going to school overseas on the base with multicolor you know being in the diverse diverse area you seeing you know everybody versus i'm going to school with just majority of just black kids and you might see like two or three white um white kids inside of the school so that that was really different for me and I actually felt like I was outside of my element you know Mm. I did not feel comfort or like I didn't feel comfortable being in that school because now I'm in a school like I felt like you know growing overseas I felt like yeah I'm the tough guy boom 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 but I'm coming back in the States, and these motherfuckers big as shit. Like, why the fuck y'all so goddamn big, bro? There's no reason for you to be in the sixth grade and you're fucking six feet, bro. Why the fuck are you six feet in the sixth grade, bro? There's no reason for that shit. You feel me? <laughs> so I, I, I already instantly felt, and I got bullied. You know, I got bullied during my sixth grade, my sixth grade time. I got bullied. So that that actually turned me to actually turn my lifestyle a whole lot different um from you know from growing up overseas that that changed me uh i started skipping i stopped going to you know i stopped i you know i, I smoked a couple of times you know i was doing shit that i wasn't supposed to be doing you started smoking um, in sixth grade yeah I, I i didn't say i mean i'm not gonna say heavy right. but you know you touched it you know just an experience you know just experiencing on it you know Trying to see what everybody talking about or whatever. I it's something I didn't grow up with overseas. You know, it's different for you. Right. You know, you seeing a whole lot of different shit, you know, coming back into the States. You actually seeing people that actually live on the streets or, you know, that come from the hood going to these schools and like I said, why the fuck are y'all so big? So um that's basically how I felt during that time period, out of my element. That wasn't something in the first part I wouldn't want to experience again but you know after time goes by 
I started making friends. I the the friend I actually made me and him was like the same height. We got picked on. Um, he got picked on because of the way he dressed. One probably one of the freshest kids you seen walking through that school, bro. I'm talking about this man had everything from head to toe, bro. Freshest outfits. But they would pick on him and try to take his clothes. He was short. He was probably a little bit shorter than I was um, during that time period. We was very short. So we got picked on. So we skipped a lot. We would actually skip, go to the back of the school. And this was a fresh, brand new school, as I say. We went to Columbia Middle School in Atlanta. Um, fresh, brand new school. We were the first students in that school. Uh, I said, we fucked that school up real bad. That school, then, that school, after we finished with that school, that first year, bro, that school looked like it was... It's been there for a little bit. You know? <laughs> we tore that school up. Um, but was your blackness started, ever was your blackness ever questioned when you went to Atlanta? When you say you're getting bullied, because there's a difference when you when you are like a different culture of black. You know what I mean? Yes, yes, yes. What was that like being from Atlanta? Because I know when I got to North Carolina, people were asking me like, "Yo, you talk like a white dude." I was like, "What do white dudes talk like?" I didn't. I didn't get any of that. You know, the only thing everybody they knew who I. So, I'm not gonna say they knew who I was, but they knew of me because of my cousin. You know, going back home, you know, they would. You know, kids would know of me because I would hang out with my cousins. Um, and the school I went to, we actually, I actually went to a school uh, with my cousin Brittany, who was my um, my mom's niece, because we stayed with my aunt. Um, we stayed with them that year. So me and her went to school together. And I had some, like, they knew of me, but being in that element, being in a crowd of people that don't know who you are, mm-hmm. you do get picked on because you're small. They bump into you. Why are you bumping into me? You got something to say? You know, shit like that. That's what, that's how we grew up. And me, I didn't, I didn't back down, but being tossed around, being little wasn't, wasn't too much fun, man. I, I never forget we, um, I was in a math class and I, I told my wife this story because like I swore up and down I was gonna find him and beat beat the shit out of him because there was no reason for him to do what he did to me. Um he locked us inside of the classroom. Now this this kid was about I wanna say I was like five, I'm gonna say about five four. I was short as shit. And this kid had to been about five ten, five eleven, bro, but he had to weigh about two hundred and sixty pounds, bro. Kid was big, like kid was big, bro. He kept his foot on the door and we sitting there trying to get out because we was trying to get to our next class. So he wouldn't move and the teacher didn't do shit. You know, the teacher was just sitting there. I, I never forget that shit, bro. The teacher was just sitting there. So I punched his ass. There was a little bit of room where the door was cracked and I reached out and I punched his ass. So when I punched him, he got mad and he was an older kid. He was in, a, I think he was in the the, either the, I think he was in the eighth grade, bro. I was in the sixth grade. I think he was in the eighth, either in the seventh or eighth grade, bro. And he walked in the classroom. And I'm, run, I'm running around the desk, but at the same time, I'm like, like, I'm not going to let you grab me because if you grab me, I, I already know I'm dead, bro. So the teacher, like, was like, what's the problem? I'm saying, like, I know this nigga did not just say what's the problem. When you literally sitting right here watching the whole fucking shit happen, that's what's going through my head. So the kid, the kid was like, he just fucking, he just punched me. And he was like, you got to let him hit you back. I was like. <laughs> Get your lick back. <laughs> I was like, this motherfucker is huge, bro. So I'll never forget it. He punched me right in this, in this arm. Matter of fact, yep, he punched me in my right arm, bro. 
I'll never forget it. This motherfucker was doing this. He was like just jabbing it, like like lining himself up to to punch me. <laughs> and I was sitting down just how I'm sitting right now, bro. I'll never forget it. Sitting down just how I am now. He's lining himself up. I'm sitting like, oh, oh, like I thought he was just like just gonna tap me. Nah, this motherfucker went back. And when I say he, bro, this nigga hit my arm so hard, but I'm surprised my arm did not break. That's how hard he hit me in my fucking arm. <laughs> I'm surprised that shit did not break. I didn't cry, but I was mad as shit. I wanted to get up and fight him. So I had mad tears coming. I was fucking pissed. You know, you just literally got four fucking licks on me, bro. Like, on some real, real G shit. You just tapped me three fucking times, and then you're going to hit me with a fucking a damn haymaker in my damn arm. So the teacher was like, all right, y'all good now. So y'all good, y'all good, y'all good now. I'm sitting in the seat. I didn't go to, I didn't go to my next class period, bro. I actually skipped that next class period, bro. I did not go to that because I did not feel comfortable walking around in the school because of that kid. So I actually skipped that whole, that actually we skipped probably like two more classes until we had gym. Isn't it how crazy how present your kids grew up completely different, completely different. No teacher would ever tell two kids, get your, get your, get your, let them get his lick back. Man, we grew up in a wild time, man. Completely you know, sitting back and thinking about that shit, like, damn, this motherfucker really did just let him sit there and hit me, bro. He just, he just encouraged it, too. He's probably, that's his entertainment for the day. Man, that's what we grew up on, man. That's, and like, man, that's, that's, that's what we grew up on. So, my sixth grade year, it was, um, you know, it was rough at first, like I said, but then, you know, as time goes by, Everything got shaky. I played football for my first time. Um, what was that like? What was the camaraderie like playing football? Yeah, that was different, man. Uh, I never played football. My my uncle was actually a coach. Me and my cousin um, on my dad's side, TJ, we both played for him. Uh, and, you know, he was teaching me the ropes. I was trying to understand, you know, um, one, two, three, you know, which way. Because he wanted me to be a running back. Mm -hmm. You know, which holes I needed to go into. That didn't last too much long because – my mom, she stopped me from playing. And her excuse was she did not keep, she did not feel like, she she didn't feel like driving back and forth over there, taking me over there to go practice. Because we were staying at her sister's house and my mom, my dad actually stayed on the other side of town. It was probably like a 15, 20 minute drive, but she didn't want to drive back and forth, coming back and forth to pick me up. So she actually stopped me from playing football during that time period. What was but I did, on the other side of town for? He was just out. He was just living out that side. No, nah, that's what my so my dad's side of the family. They're um, what part is that? They stay literally like five minutes from the dome, bro. They oh, stay okay. like right. Yeah, they stay like five minutes from the dome. Yeah. Like, um, I I can tell you the street. I don't ever know where the fuck that damn area is. Um, I I know the street like it ain't nothing, because there's a fucking churches right there, and if you go behind the churches, it, you you might as well just not even. Walk, try to walk back. Mm -hmm. That's that's the area my dad t t uh, told me I was never able to go over there. Like where he stayed at, it was okay. Yes, mm -hmm. they had they had their shit going on over there. It was okay, but across the street, my dad said that's a whole different game. So my dad basically forbid me from going over there. I wasn't allowed to even go over there, bro. The first I can go was to the damn store, which was right there on the corner. If I went past that store, uh, yeah, that that was all she wrote. When you uh so in Atlanta, what happens? Did dad and mom who sit you down, it's like, all right, we're leaving again. Like we're done with Atlanta. We're not gonna stay here that long. What was that like? Nah, my so my dad went TDY. My dad was TDY. He went to I think he was at Turkey. Uh, he was in Turkey. 
Okay. So he was in Turkey for um for a year. Um, basically, so when he came back, so yeah, I basically didn't have my dad for a whole year. Well, walk us through your dad gone for a year. What's that like? What's these emotions like? Are you like, because you got to tell people when people well, are like, oh, where's your dad at? Like, he's in Turkey. Actually, honestly, I, I, like I said, no, my friends were mainly my cousins. I didn't have, I can't Damn go much. to Atlanta. I can't go to Atlanta now and be like, yo, I'm going to go holler at such and such. I don't have friends in Atlanta because the friends that I did have, they either my cousin told me, you know, they're either in jail. I think she said two people died, mm. and I'm sitting there like, damn, what the fuck? And there's literally that that one person I used to skip with. Still to this day, I still been trying to find him, but I can't find him. I've been trying to find that man to this day, can't find him. And she said she ain't heard nothing about him. So, um, well, that moment in time was probably good for your family because they probably was the most time they ever spent with you. Um. Yeah, Without you guys bouncing around, you know. Yeah, that it was great, man. They, you know, I think I enjoyed it more than they did. Did you get time I, to stay off your grandmother at the time? Did you get time to like get those memories uh, and stuff? So the memories I have of my grand, my dad's mom, uh, honestly, I try to help her with anything, and she tell me to go play. She, I, I, cause I'm a. I'm a very helpful person. I, I don't mind helping. You know, if I see somebody struggling doing something, I, I don't mind helping. I will help. Mm -hmm. But I never got taught how to sweep no floor. You know, I never got taught how to clean up and do none of that shit. You know, my mom always did that shit. That shit was already done when we got home. So we really didn't have to do any of that, you know, too much cleaning unless we messed it up. Now, if we messed it up, we had to clean it for sure. But, um, but, um, she, um, who's at the door? You need something? You okay? Uh, what you said, no? <laughs> nah, that kind of fucked me up right there. <laughs> nah, because it got real quiet. I'm sitting like, I know I heard something at that damn door because the light on the door went away. When that little flicker goes, yeah. So, like, when you're with your family in Atlanta, because you said you enjoy it's one of the best times of your life, you're probably, like, developing all these memories of your cousins because most of your life you've been living in Germany, in Japan, and stuff like that. Yeah, those are the only really two places we've been. But, yeah, those memories with my cousins, man, I like like I said, I, um, I think I cherished them more than they did because that's really all I remember about them. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. I can't tell you shit about them now. Um, I don't know anything about them. I, uh, you know, when we did go back home, when I got a little bit older, when I started, when I was able to really go and buy, you know, buy weed and everything, my cousin take me to, um, take me to a couple people, go get some weed and shit. And I link up with my cousins, like, yo, you trying to smoke? And they look at me like, nigga, you, nigga, you smoke? Like, nigga, do you even know how to roll, bro? Like, you know how to roll. Like, bro, don't even, don't try me like that, bro. Like, why are you trying me? So, you know, they're looking at me like, I don't want to get in trouble with you, bro. Like, I, yo, that's how strict my dad was. My dad, the presence of my dad walking around my cousin, they did not want to do shit with me, bro. Nothing. My cousin did not want to do anything with me. Didn't want to do shit. So, because of my dad alone. You know, my dad, the presence of my dad just made everything like, nah, bro, you know, nah, we, nah. So, 
when my dad actually found out that I was smoking, my dad actually thought one of my cousins was the one that got me doing it, which is he that that cousin right there, his name's TJ. He's really he's like one of my best cousins on my dad's side. Like me and him, that's who I used to always hang out with when we went home. Me and him hung out every day. That's actually who I played football with, was me and TJ. So um my dad, you know, knew the lifestyle, TJ, you know, he grew up or whatever. And he didn't, he was really leaning on what he wanted me to do around TJ. And he thought TJ was the one that got me fucking smoking. And he cussed TJ as the fuck out, bro. Like, he went the fuck off on TJ, bro. And I'm sitting there like, he ain't, he ain't got shit to do with this. How old were you when your dad caught you? Ooh. Honestly, bro, um, I, w- I want to say he knew because he smelt it in his truck one day. <laughs> so, so I, like, I was a hard-headed child, man. I was, I was hard-headed, man, you know. My dad, you know, when he used to let me drive the truck around and shit, I, I ain't had nowhere to smoke, so I smoked in the car. You know, I thought I was good at airing that shit out. Apparently, I, I was. I smoked in the I smoked in the car. I smoked in the car. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was very hard headed, so you trying to turn the air freshener on the car. And hey, man, that shit wasn't working, bro. It wasn't working at all. Man. None of that shit was, on the seats. None of that shit worked at all, man. We had actually, it was actually leather inside of the car, but the roof had you know the cloth up there, so that's where everything was really sticking it. And during that time period when I was smoking, I didn't understand, yo, screen, you know, clean that shit off, because that's where all the smoke sticking it, and you know, clean the floor. That's where the smoke sticking it. I'm just thinking, let me spray that bitch down real quick. <laughs> we gonna be good, bro. Because you gotta realize, I had to drive through, I'm coming on base, I had to spray that bitch down. So it's like, cause we always stayed on base. You know, was coming your pops, home from the Was your pops house. disappointed or was your pops like, or did your pop smoke before? Honestly, bro, I couldn't tell you. My dad, I, I've grown up with my father, knowing my father doesn't drink and my dad doesn't smoke. My dad has always not done neither one of those since I've been alive. Mm-hmm. I've never ever seen my dad pick up a drink at all, bro. So, um, actually, when I see alcohol in the house, I'm sitting there like, "What? Who? Who the fuck drinking? Like, why is this shit even in this house? This boy, the one y'all in this house drink. So who drinking? You know, and they'll tell it, it's for y'all when y'all come over here. You know, oh, that's so, nice. Okay, so that's 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 what's up. I appreciate that. I'm gonna go ahead and give me a glass real quick. Um, but yeah, my parents. I, I don't know anything of drugs, alcohol, or anything. Um, I know my dad was a a real book, big football player. Uh, I heard that's all I've heard. He was a real book, like a really great football player. I, my dad actually played football um, in Japan uh, with the I think they were called the Raiders during that time period. Coach Allen, them yeah. Um, but um, now nah, he played. So when we first got there, he was playing football. My dad was big. Like, my dad, my mom, when I seen a picture of my dad, bro, I did not know my dad was that big, bro. My dad was fucking huge. And I'm sitting there like, no, what that shit? That shit missed me. <laughs> like, nigga, what? That shit missed me. Like, where did he go? Because, like, my dad's six feet. I'm sitting there like, shit, y'all going to be tall, shit, six feet, got a little weight on me, shit, ain't going to be touched. I stopped growing. I'm like, oh, shit. I think it was your pops who said you ain't a man unless you could throw if you could throw up 300, 300 pounds. 
Man, bro, that we we that, saw him do. We saw him just go. Whoosh. I said, I know this old dude didn't throw no three oh three oh five like nothing. Man, that dad was huge. Man, my dad, hey, he be out here um giving pointers to like my my bro out here that lives way. He's pretty big, but um you can see some some places where he actually needs help or like needs a little bit of coaching. That and my dad, you know, my dad would give him pointers or he'll tell him what type of stuff he needs to take to you know grow his you know get, to get big. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that's really I remember some of my dad. I don't I don't really remember what high school he went to. I've actually never seen the high school he went to. Um, I know my mom was a track star. They said my mom was fast. So mm-hmm. like those is like and I believe it because shit I'm fast. I I believe it. You know all my sisters are fast. All of us are fast. We had to get the speed from somewhere. Um, so apparently. They said my mom was a track star. They said she was real fast in the hundred and she was real fast in the two hundred. And wow. apparently, does your does your dad tell your mom that she he caught you weed in the car? What is that? What's the conversation like? What's it? What's oh, it? And they're like, all so, right, what's going on? So, so the about the weed. When my dad found out that I smoked weed, my dad honestly, I think my dad, <laughs> I think my dad tried to beat the shit out of me the first time he found out I smoked weed. <laughs> But it it was a simple fact because I had it on base, mm-hmm. and oh, okay. uh, it was that that and you know having that shit on base that's that's real, like, you know you get caught with that shit it's over with, and his career is fucked up. But you know, I was hard hit, and I I didn't really too much care about all that shit. I've always brought we I brought the weed on the base every time I came home. Like where the fuck else am I gonna keep it? I'm not gonna hide it off base and then go off base to go get it. So I brought it with me. And, but when they found out, my dad, I think my dad tried to beat the shit out of me. I never forget. Matter of fact, that was the day he lunged at me. And I thought he was going to punch the fuck out of me. My, my mom was right there. And because we was in their room. And he, um, oh, no, nigga. That was the day he, so I was sitting outside, bro. I was sitting outside. And this is the day he caught me. I was sitting outside on the front porch. It was 12 o'clock. Everybody's fucking asleep, my nigga. Everybody's asleep. I'm sitting on the front porch and I'm smoking. Nobody's awake. We on base. I'm just sitting out there chilling. Ain't got to worry about shit. Whatever. My dumb ass, the smell started lingering inside of the house up under the door. And it finally seeped up to my dad's room. My dad came downstairs and I'll never forget. I'm sitting like this in the chair, but I'm sitting in the chair just like this. And he opened up the door. This is my hand, my knee. I put that shit on the side of my knee and I'm holding it like this. And I'm ashing it in my hand. I ain't care how bad my hand was fucking burning. I'm ashing that shit in my hand. And he was like, the fuck you smoking? And I was like, a black and mild. He was like, where is that? I said, I threw it. He was like, where is that? I said, I threw it. I said, it's gone. So, like, he... Like, I got up, and the shit happened to fall out of my hand, and he found it, and he picked it up. Like, uh, to that, to this day, I thought my dad was going to kill me that damn day. Um, but, <laughs> you know, he he went back into the house. He went upstairs. My dad was furious, bro. I'll never forget. I'll never forget it, because my dad was finna punch the shit out of me that damn day. Like, um... Like real real nigga Holyfield. He was finna he was finna knock my ass the fuck out that damn <laughs> But I don't I think he did not hit me because my mom was right there. My mom was literally like standing right next to me. My dad lunged at me. I didn't flinch. I was like, well shit, this is the punishment, nigga. You gonna hit me. Go ahead and knock my ass up. Just go ahead and hit me, bro. 
I mean, I'm grown now. I mean, shit, I'm like 17, 18. You might go ahead and hit me, bro. Go ahead and knock my ass up. So he um he ended up just like he didn't let it go. He he was fucking pissed, bro. He just basically took all my privileges away. Mm. I wasn't allowed to really do shit. Um, I mean, I still continue to smoke. Uh, um, that's really much it. He ain't really too much. He wasn't too much hard, like as much as you, anybody would think their parents would be. He he was just pissed off that I think that I was doing it on base. So that's really he's trying, like, to, he's my trying to give you the life he didn't ever had. Well, and yeah, he's like, damn, you really fucking your, you know, you fucking yourself up because you're doing this on base. You get caught, that shit comes back on me. So when that shit comes back on me, that's gonna fuck up my rank. And that's gonna kick. That's gonna get me kicked out of the military. And then we just that's a and like he started explaining that shit. And I'm sitting there like, damn, like damn. I'm sitting there like, well, damn. Like I I really didn't even know what to really say after that. But um, was that one of the after, first times y'all had that really man powwow? Where he's like, look, you're a man. Let me discuss it like this. Let me give you the consequences of what your actions are. Yeah, more so. That's like, that's how I took it. You know, my dad would. My dad really never came out like, yo, I'm gonna sit down and talk to you. I never had that, you know. Um, it's not like I get in trouble. I should my nigga, when I get in trouble, I'm getting my ass whooped and I'm grounded. Mm-hmm. That's that's enough said. You know, when you getting whooped, I'm getting you better not do that shit no damn more, or I'm gonna whoop your ass again. And then once they finish with that damn sentence, that's when I'm done getting my whooping and I'm going to bed and I'm fucking grounded. That's that's just that's just how that's just how it went. So it wasn't did you ever feel like this? Do you ever feel like this when you were growing up? Since you know the worst consequence was a spanking, what else could they do? My, Sometimes my, you know that the, the, when you've taken the worst of the worst, it's like, well, the worst I'm going to get is a spanking, so I might as well see my what nigga, I My nigga, I got grounded for the summer in a whole year, bro. I, Shoot, I remember. I said, this dude get grounded more than me. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, got, I got grounded for a summer in the whole year, bro. So, and then I got, and the only thing I, like, I wouldn't say I had, I couldn't watch TV. I couldn't play no games. You know, I'm basically coming in the house from school. And actually, this is during the summertime. Because during the summertime, this is when Dre, you know, you know, Dre, me and Dre, you know, we still talk to this day. That was the time when Dre was actually staying with us over the summer. So, and I didn't even get a chance to chill with Dre one fucking time, bro. Because I was grounded that whole year. I was grounded that whole year. I couldn't go to foot I couldn't go to two a days. It was none of that shit, bro. That shit was over with for me. And I never forget it. You know, it didn't really change my lifestyle. My lifestyle just really just kept going forward from there. Um, nothing really changed. You know, I got in trouble once my dad gave me the, you know, okay, I'm tired of fucking looking at you. You can go outside and play basketball. That's your fucking punishment. That's the only place you can go is in the front yard and you can play basketball. That's all I did now um, when he got tired of looking at me. So, like, I want to say midway through the summer, I was still grounded. I couldn't do shit but go play basketball. And I, I wouldn't say I hated it because I love basketball. Mm-hmm. I didn't mind going out there playing in the fucking heat. You know, in Japan, it was hot. Right. That, that heat didn't play no games. I didn't mind, but I didn't mind going out there playing. So, and Breon, you know, DJ brother, you know, Breon, he come over there and play with me. Hell, he couldn't really go no goddamn where, you know. He all could go nowhere. You know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, 
you know, they got to So he would be out there in the front yard playing with me. And that was, that was basically practice. You know, we, we played every day. So that was really all I could do. And Dre actually, he played with me sometime, but then, you know, Dre was like, you know, I'm, I'm about to go to the team. So I'm about to go out, you know, go out here to the youth center, you know, I'm going to go, you know, do some shit. And during that time, I think he was in summer hire too. So he was actually working also. But um, that was – my punishment just came with whoopings and grounding, bro, and getting my shit taken away from me. Ain't nothing changed. That shit happened until I moved out. Mm. Let's go back before you moved out. Let's go back because we, we, mm -hmm. we jumped a little before. So oh, you, no, leave it, you, you, leave it, you leave Atlanta. Now you guys go back to Japan, right? You go back to Japan. Mm -hmm. Are you excited? Oh, hell yeah, bro. I was more than excited. Actually, when we left the first time, I actually cried, bro, um, because that was home. You know, that's that's really all I knew. I, I uh, okay. grew up. Yeah, my first time when we first got there, I did not want to leave because all the friends that I made, um, and I knew they wasn't leaving no time soon. I actually wanted to continue my schooling there. I didn't want to move around and go to school nowhere else. I actually cried when we first time we left. But when we came back, my dad was like, "Yeah, we're going back to Japan." We all looked at him like, "What, nigga, for real?" Yeah, like we were happy as shit. When I got back. I still had. A lot of friends that I've known that grew up there that was still there. Mm. Um, so it was just like coming back home. Nothing. Uh, went back home. That was my seventh grade year, actually. After after we left, um, after we left Atlanta, that's when we went back to Japan. And I was there from my seventh grade year to my freshman year, like the beginning of my freshman year. So what was that like going back to Japan? Like, were you who were the first people you meet? Oh. Do you meet new faces? Are you continue to see the old faces, uh -huh. or the new faces you met? Uh, the new faces I met, um, pretty much was Dre, Jacob, you know, Tyler, Kyrie, you know, Autumn, you know, all my bros and shit, man. Um, those is really actually my first friends, new friends moving back there. Mm -hmm. Me and Jacob became real cool. You know, me and Jacob actually hung out a lot. Jeremiah Saffold, you know, we all hung out together. Um, uh. Who else? Uh, the females, too. You know, Shinoa, all of them. You know, we all – I clicked real well with them. And, you know, um, Kenyatta and them. Kenyatta actually stayed down the street from me. So, mm. uh, their family, you know, we was real good with their family. So, it was, like, really not – it felt like I didn't really meet nobody new because it was, like, instant – we instantly clicked. But, um, you know, yeah, Dre and them, actually my first new friends going back when I got back there. But I still had Gregoria there, Anthony Rodriguez, all that was still there. So. Who was yeah. that for, Who was that teacher that stood out to you when you were back in middle school? Do you have any teachers that, that really made an impact on you or? Man. <laughs> Honestly, bro. There were some weird teachers, right? Yeah. <laughs> there were some weirdos. There were some weirdos. <laughs> I mean, looking back on it, they were like weird. <laughs> <laughs> the one that stood out the most to me um honestly bro all my teachers stood out to me because like you said they were all weird in their own way bro i look back through the yearbooks and i'm like damn these teachers are really that fucking weird bro like it's like you know you see an adult you think they're gonna act like an adult but they're actually being very childish and it's like you didn't understand it as a child you're like what the, what the fuck is going on here but all my teachers actually stood out to me. Um, Mr. Whipple, that um, that was my English teacher. Man, that motherfucker right there, bro. 
that long hair, man, that <laughs> Mr. Whipple, um, Miss Carpenter. That that right there was probably one of my favorite class. Uh that was my math teacher because I had me, Tyler, who else was in that class? I think Kyrie was in that all the click was in that whole class, but so that was like my favorite class. Tyler got kicked out all damn time. We got in trouble for always talking and laughing and doing stupid shit. You know, it was just a great time being in that classroom um, with them. <clears throat> Do you, um, I'm, I'm, you didn't realize most of those teachers are mad young too, you know? They were. They were in their young 20s. They were like young 20s. So they were literally just growing up. They were like young kids raising us. And that's weird. It's really like seven weird. Seven years older than us. That's all they were. That's really, damn, you know, now that you say that, it's really weird thinking about that. They really wasn't that old <laughs> when they were teaching. 24, yeah. 24, 25. <laughs> He's 24, 25. Damn, that's, that's fucking crazy. You know, they were listening to the same music. Wow, that's fucking crazy, bro. Oh, and Mr. Anderson, the black teacher. That mofo right there, man. That That teacher right there, Mr. Anderson. He's another one that stood out to me because... He um he um he didn't care. Mm-hmm. He didn't care. He was real cool. Like probably I think he was the only black teacher I really seen around that damn school. If you think back about that shit. Uh I think we had some black counselors too, but Mr. Anderson was real cool, man. You know, he would actually watch all the fights, you know. He ain't running out of the building to the print so he see the principal. You know, coming up, and then he ran out of bills. I'm like, hey, hey, what y'all doing over there, man? <laughs> I never, the reason why I said it, because that, 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 that involved me. And I literally was sitting there watching that man watch us fight. And he was sitting there looking in the fucking window. i never forget that damn shit, bro. Never forget it. He was watching us in the damn window. The fight was going off about 10 minutes, and then the damn principal, Mr. Mood, and all them came around the corner. Um, who, what was, uh, uh, what was Scott? Was Scott better than what was he? Monahan? What was he? I know Scott Monahan. Scott Monahan was uh he was in my class. Yeah, but his dad, his dad. Oh, his dad was a counselor. Yeah, yeah, yeah and his dad was, was a counselor. The, yeah, yeah, he was one of the ones that walked out there trying to you know break up the fight, and um I never forget it. And that that day, that was the day that um that's that's a that's a that's another story. That's that's a long story. But that's that was the day you know that really um stood out with me with that teacher because I, I've never actually seen a teacher watch something and you don't run out into the dang on principal and them come out. Now you wanna now you wanna break something up when you, you could have stopped. They were they were they were living in Tokyo as well. They were living but there I, exotic but I was, as well. Yeah but I was being bullied though. You know I got when I say really? I got yeah I, yeah I got you know Tim Leaper man. I don't know if you know Tim Leaper or not but yeah I got bullied bro so it was like it was it's that you know, you have your days in Japan that you will never forget. And that that's one of those days I would never forget because I, I for one, did not want to do any of that shit. I already know you, you're one of the top wrestlers at the fucking school right now. I'm not going uh, to Okay, I remember that young so, yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I did wrestle, but I'm just beginning in wrestling. I didn't want to really, I didn't want to tangle with that shit. And with the experience he had, it was just like, nah, so, you know, he, you know, he took it a little bit further. You know how everybody want to do birthday licks and shit. And it's like, you know, when you do some shit like that and you tell people, don't don't hit me, you know, they keep on hitting you. So one thing led to another. And, you know, I didn't, I, you know, being, 
I got bullied a lot. Nobody knows that shit besides the people that I hung out with. They knew you I know got bullied. It's crazy but... when you say you got bullied because I remember when you come around us, you'd be like, How come y'all don't beat us up? I'm like, we ain't trying to beat y'all up, man. We got we we almost getting beat up. You're like, why didn't you beat us up? We're like, we ain't we should like Purnell. <laughs> We were playing basketball, and you were just like, why haven't y'all beat us up yet? I was like, because the seniors are beating us up. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but y'all got us bad when we went our freshman year, bro. Y'all did not play with us, bro. Y'all chased – I'll never forget y'all chased us through those fucking hallways, bro. Nah, nah, I left. I left. When you get – I think – Oh, you left? You so, uh, so, so you, you graduated left. high school what, oh, 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 08? Yeah, but I didn't graduate in Japan. I actually graduated in Florida. Right, but so I mean, you're 08. So I was 06. Yeah. So when I was a sophomore, I was leaving, and that's when you became freshman. So I remember you used to come to the gym, and we'd be lifting weights. And then you're like, y'all not going to beat us up? I was like, beat y'all up? What? That's because that's how they used to do us on the football field, man. Y'all y'all didn't play no games with us, bro. Yeah, I was, I was just like, sitting there, I was like, nah, man, I know what it's like. They used to beat us up. They used to get chased home all the time. Man, yeah, man. That yeah, that's a that was a nice. Also, Shamar, Shamar used to get y'all in. But <laughs> man, that man, that boy, I got some stories with that man. R.I.P. to my dog, man. That's that that's like that's real life story right there, man. Like real life, man. I actually got a chance to hang out with him a lot, and being young, hanging out with him was actually pretty cool. I actually got a chance to work summer hire with him while I was in Japan. So that's probably the goofiest motherfucker I ever worked with, bro. Like. The biggest kid you ever meet, man. Biggest kid, bro. Nigga had us playing manhunt in a fucking hangar, bro. Like, we playing manhunt in a fucking hangar. Like, the hangar we worked in, bro, I never forget it, man. We had to fold parachutes. And we didn't know how to fold no fucking parachutes. They didn't show us how to do the shit. And so when they tried to show us, you know, Shamar goofy ass, my dog. Like, he wanted to be funny with the shit. So they never really taught us. So Shamar ended up bringing his own his Nintendo his Nintendo sixty four. We played 007, bro. That's all we did summer high that whole fucking time, bro. We played 007 and Manhunt, and nobody could ever find this fucking nigga, bro. Nobody could ever find this nigga. And then for one, you know he fast as shit, right? So nobody right. could ever catch him. It was me and Pigeon Toe Justin Hudson, bro. You, you can't. <laughs> Can't forget that man, bro. And you got Justin trying to chase your ass around. Little Hudson, little Hudson. Man, bro. Never forget it, man. My dog, bro. So yeah, you know, Shamar used to pick on us all the time, man. Especially in that damn school. He chased us around until the damn bell rung. And if he caught us, it was over with. Like it wasn't no it wasn't no better on the football field either, man. Like he targeted he targeted special people on that damn field, bro. And then when he tackled you, he'll get up in your face and laugh and shit, and then mush your head. And like, he, yeah, bro. He's like, let's go. Let's go, Turbo. Let's go. Man, what? Man. Oh, man. <laughs> he used to say that. Let's go, Turbo. <laughs> oh, shit. Fucking Turbo, man. God damn. Turbo lost his virginity, right? Turbo oh, bro, what? What the? And he lost his virginity. And, uh, you know, like autistic people, they're not good at lying. So he just said it in front of everybody. 
He said, I gave it an autistic thing, and Shamar's like, Turbo, Turbo. <laughs> Everybody's like, bring it up, Turbo on three, one, two, three, Turbo. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, too, man. Uh, oh, my God, bro. So, all right, terrible. so we're in your life story. We start meeting your homies, your lifetime homies. What's it like? So, freshman year, your freshman year. Are you, because uh, uh, this is the, the year that you're leaving. Do you finally play basketball? Yeah, I actually played, um, did I play basketball? Um, I don't think I played high school but basketball. And, no, no, because I left the summer my um, my freshman year. Mm. No, 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 sorry, excuse me. I left, I think, the beginning of my sophomore year because we ended up moving here. Because I, I started my sophomore, yeah, the beginning of my sophomore year. Uh, so I played my freshman year basketball in Japan. And I remember your dad used to coach youth basketball. Yeah. Oh, that was a days right there. Because your dad said, uh, we played against your team, and you were younger, but your dad made you play in the older league. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to play in, in my age group. My dad felt that I was He's... I was too advanced for that for that group. He had them big, thick, them Sherman clump hands, them big, thick, <laughs> big, thick fingers. He said, he said, my boy, my boy too good for these boys. <laughs> That ain't fair. Put now, I was getting it from us. We we're, we're, he said, nah, his, his body can handle it. His body can handle it. My dad did not play no games, bro. He threw me out with the wolves, bro. My dad made me, my dad would make me challenge people. He would say, my son can beat you. And I'm like, that's that's a grown ass fucking man, bro. Like, no. I, and granted, yeah, the dude, but the dude, dude's not, not like really good, but it's just the same thing. My dad's like, he can beat you. You you don't have enough talent to even play against my son right now. My son can play some basketball, yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Remember, I remember your dad made you go against RJ, and I remember RJ just throwing your stuff all across the gym. He was RJ was slapping the backboard, and your dad said, Now do it again. He said, He gonna get a point on you. He gonna get a point on you. You got a point though. I remember <laughs> I was like, dang, but I said the whole time he tired RJ out. See, he ain't jumping no more. <laughs> See, that, and that's the thing. My dad knew I can, you know, because I, my dad ran me, man. Like, and you know, anybody that anybody that was a part of my dad's team understands my dad, when it comes to coaching, my dad's going to coach. Mm -hmm. um, my dad is a very, 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 very great coach. And if he sees potential, he's going to pull that potential up out of you. And if you fuck up, you your ass going to run. And I'll guarantee you, when you run, about time, by the time you finish running, you're going to be faster than the, on the last time you ran. My dad didn't play no games, man. Great coach. So what's it like when you finally – so what's it like making the making the freshman team? What's that like? You got the excitement? Man, it was what's great, it like man. like your dad uh, not coaching you now? Because that's a different – That was weird. Yeah, that was, was weird. Very weird. Who was Because I'm coach? used to uh, – um, um, uh, what was his name? Uh, was it Cabral's dad? Trey's Cabral, he did JV or he did girls, right? He did girls. Who was our coach? Uh, I can't. We had a, what was that? Uh, I think he was a PE teacher. Edel? Was it Edel? There you go. There, yeah, there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, damn. Wow, I haven't heard that name in a while. Um, but, yeah, we had Coach Edel. Um, but that experience was different, man. Um, 
traveling, going to, you know, different, you know, Asugi, Masawa, you know, playing on different types of teams, you know, that, that was, that was, that was, it was different, you know, that was a whole different type of competition. I'm not used to my dad, you know, growing up with my dad, always coaching me. My dad never really coached me. I always, um, I just played. Um, so like my, my thing with basketball, I watched a lot of and one videos. Um, that's, that's really where I learned how to really play basketball. So my dad was just, you know, basically telling me to go out there and play. Mm-hmm. And when, um, <clears throat> when I did play for my dad, we, I mean, I never forget playing this JV team. Um, I think they came from, it was a blue team, Missouri. I think it was a Missouri JV team. We demolished them. Like, we actually gave them really tri- – like, some – I actually, my dad actually – they actually still had a videotape when we played them. Um, and that was probably one of my greatest times playing basketball – with my last time playing basketball with my dad because I actually – sent us into overtime with a with a JV team. We're in a youth league, you know, and we're playing against a JV team. I sent us into overtime, and then I fouled out in overtime because I, I thought that, the you know, the foul started over when, you know, overtime hit. And I already had four fouls. So, you know, fifth foul, I was out. And then I actually cried on the bench because I actually had to sit out for about 10 minutes watching my team lose. <laughs> so, it, you know, that was that was a different experience. But, you know, after that, you know, playing with Coach Edel, actually having to have somebody coach me, that's different because I'm not used to somebody telling me I have to do this and do this. You know, I don't want you doing. So what's it like? So so do you hear your pops? Do you have that, that voice where you hear your pops on the sidelines or he's a quiet dad when he's, when he's playing? My dad's quiet. My dad doesn't – my dad didn't do too much coaching with us. My dad would literally teach when he coached. Mm-hmm. What we learned in practice, he would expect for us to go out there and do it in the game. My dad didn't do, do too much coaching unless we were fucking up and doing something wrong. And if we were doing that, he'd just pull us out of the game. Mm-hmm. So once he sat us on the bench, we should we should already know why we got, you know, we got pulled out. And once we go back in, we already know what we have to fix and go back in and play. So um, my dad was more of a coach at practice. I'm going to watch out, go out there and, Show me what, you know, show me what um, I showed y'all in practice. That's basically how my dad coached us. What was Edo like? Edo was like, let me go ahead and pull out this notebook. You know, I'm going to go ahead and show y'all this play. And he's going to actually try to coach us and tell us what we should and what it should not do. Like, Edo was more of a point guard. I want you to – I don't want you doing too much shooting. I um, He was more of a pass first type of – with his point guard. That's how he wanted me to play. I'm not used to that. I'm used to going down, running around people, and finding an open person and giving it to the other person to let them get the open shot. That's how I'm used to playing. I was already, you know, what my dad taught us, you know, was coaching us. When he taught us defense, he taught us how to literally break that defense down. And so when we brought, you know, I already know how to break it down. But when you got Coach Edel coming in here trying to teach you how to, I want you to do it this way, it um, it makes you um. Oh, my bad. No, it's all good. Keep going. Oh, um, it makes you like, damn, I'm not used to this because my dad did not show me this way. My dad's literally been coaching me until I got to my freshman year. And I'm like, this is different. And I have to literally do this his way or otherwise I'm not going to play. So I just was more of a, I'm going to get to the hole, dish it out, hit the open person when I played my freshman year. Um, When I played my freshman year with Coach Edel. So, 
<clears throat> the basketball experience and who are the boys on the team with you that you remember? Who are the ones that come and came up with you when you were playing basketball? Those lifetime memories when you play sports. Dang, who was on my team with me? Because um, Drake, it, it's it's crazy to say this, but none of them made the team. So, oh. yeah, none of them made they, – they played another year with my dad in youth league. Um, mm. So, um, I honestly, to be real with you, I don't really remember who the hell I played with on my basketball team. Because you were the only one, right? I think that was your dad was saying. You are the only one that made the team. Yeah, I was the only one at Alden that made the team because I actually had a yearbook where Dre and them actually played with my dad in the youth league um, that year. They had black jerseys that year, and I wasn't in those pictures because um, I was playing freshman. You feel like you missed out a little bit? Or you feel like you missed yeah, out? You know, your I, home? I felt like I missed out, but I felt like I – my dad put it as more competition. You know, you're you're playing, you know, better, you know, better people than actually playing – youth basketball you're not going to get any better playing with me you know you're basically going to stay at this level unless you play somebody better that's how you know you know the mistakes you got to fix but yeah yeah I miss that shit because I used to, I loved my dad coaching for me and your homies too you know what I mean y'all were like definitely, like a, definitely. a whole squad the chemistry man the chemistry was always there and you know not having them on the basketball team I had to learn different chemistry with people I never played basketball before played with before so that was it was pretty different I actually I think I played with who did I play with? I think Scott Scott was on my damn Scott my name was on our team during that time period Scotty Mr. Scotty Mr. too hotty, yeah yeah man Mr. <laughs> Mr. Defense he has some pretty good defense um but yeah I actually that's really who I remember that was on my team because me and him was point guard shoot guard he um we were the ones that were bringing down the ball. We were the ones that played defense up top when we played 2-3 mm-hmm. um, because we actually had um, the two best defensive – we were the two one of the two best defensive players on the team. That's why he uh, he had us at the top. Um, we were very quick. <clears throat> and, you know, Scott was real quick. He was fast, like, yeah. He was, he was unnecessary. Like, there was no reason why he should have been that quick, bro. Like, dude, mood like something. You like, know Scott's from North Carolina, man. For real? Yeah, he's one of them country boys from North Carolina. I, I, me and Pop Scott just did a podcast. He's a country boy from North Carolina. Dang. And then once it all makes sense, and I was like, oh, he grew up just like, you know, them country boys really got no other choice. I never knew that, bro. That's See, I only know him from growing up in Japan, man. And I think he's out there doing his thing. Um, L.A., yeah. Yeah, in L.A. But, yeah, that's really all I remember from him <clears throat> was – and he played football, too. Well, what's when like it pops? Like, all right, we leaving. We leaving Japan. What was that like? I know that, that was another, right? that was hurtful, man. That was real hurtful because I came here. Um, we came to Pensacola. That was um, like I said, another tough time because I did not want to leave. I actually wanted to finish my high school years out there. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to come back to the states because everybody I grew up with was there. <clears throat> you know, from seventh grade going all the way up, you got your friends. It's already established who you fuck with. You don't really want to leave. But we ended up leaving. We ended up coming here to Pensacola. And I actually didn't start school here. I started school here late, like real late. Like my dad didn't, we didn't go to school for like two weeks when we got here. School was already in. Um, We stayed in the hotels on this base. <clears throat> Not this base exactly, but the base that's um across the way. We stayed on the hotels over there for a while. And so they got our house situated. And then, you know, when we finally told my dad, like, we want to go to school, like, we're tired of sitting in this hotel, like, we want to go to school. He took us around, took us to some schools. <clears throat> when he took us to, 
the first school he showed me, I was like, yeah, I'm good. I want to go here. I don't want to go search no other schools. Mm-hmm. I want to go here. Um, and I went to Escambia, uh, Escambia High School. Um, I like going to Florida because Florida, we ain't, we're not like the people from Georgia. We're Southern, but we got a different type of twang. It's, that's the swamp. Man, you know? It's the, um, I never forget when we first moved here and my dad asked somebody directions and my dad turned to one. That dude started talking. He was like, all right, so you go ahead and go this way right here, dog. You know what I'm saying? Then you go this way right here. And then, uh, all right, can't folk. And then you go right this way right here. And my dad said, my dad turned around. He said, all right, all right. Appreciate it. My dad, he said, what the fuck that nigga said? That was, that was the first thing. That was the first time I actually heard my dad say nigga. And, that, and it was funny because we did not know what the hell he said. So we ended up having just the, you know, we just rode around. Right. Know, trying right, to figure right. out. So, so when you're when you're over there, um, is it? Do you think it's hard like living in Florida? Cause you're, you know, you lived in Japan most of your life, and you lived in like Atlanta. Like, what's that like? Well, the people like um, who are the first people you meet in Florida? Cause they ain't you're no longer on a you're on a base, but you meeting like real people now. You meeting Floridians. You'll be surprised at the people that I went to. Um, I actually went to school with a lot of people that was in Japan. Oh, where? Who else you go to school with? Um, so I don't know if you remember two. Two, his name is Tua. He's real short, bro. Uh, la la da. His name was Tua. He was Filipino. He um he grew. I knew him. He grew up in Japan. Um, we grew up together because he he was actually played um for the basketball team there. Okay. <clears throat> and then, but his dad ended up getting stationed somewhere, and so they, I think they ended up moving again, and we actually lost contact. Um, but he was actually my first one of my first people I found out that, that stayed here. But my first friend when I first moved here was a female named Carmen. Um, she was real nice. Like I walked in the classroom um, with my dad, well, actually when we first got there, you know, he's showing me around and shit. We walking around the school, trying to find out where the basketball course is at. That's all I was worried about. I just wanted to play ball. Um, because I wanted to play during the season. I didn't want to, I didn't want to wait. I wanted to play ball. So when we finally, um, you know, walked around the school and, you know, I told my dad, yo, this is the school I want to go to. Not knowing I should have went to a whole different school. Uh, honestly, if you want to be real, I should have went to a whole different, because our school don't get no exposure, man. Um, it's, it's, we don't get no exposure like that. Not unless you like doing some off the wall shit. And if your coach ain't putting you out there, you're not really going to get no exposure. So like, like I said, wrong school. I should have went to a different school, but, um, what was it two A, one A? Um, what were what were we? No, I think we were um. What were we? I have to look that shit up, bro. I can't even remember. Big school or small school? Our school was pretty. I wouldn't say big. Is decent size. Two A two A or one A? Because some Florida schools be like six A, five A, four A, Tampa. We went to uh, Emmett, Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith went to my um. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, Trent Richardson. You know, all of them went to our um graduated from my school. Trent actually graduated a year under me. He graduated '09, so I actually had a chance watching him play. That was that was that was nice. Um, because when people say they play basketball in Florida, it's like a, an anomaly because it's just such a football football track. Yeah, man. If you ain't playing no football, running no track, man, you ain't really gonna get no exposure. Like I, I um, during my time playing, I should have had, I should have had a little bit of exposure. I think my dad 
um, I thank my dad and my coach. My coach actually didn't do nothing for us during that time. He didn't do nothing for none of nobody. Literally, our whole starting five should have got looked at. The um, starting five from 06 year should have got looked at. Nobody got nowhere. Mm. Um, we just had a horrible coach. But we had, like, the best players on our team with a horrible coach. Mm. If you mess up one time, sit you on the bench. You ain't playing no basketball. Bro. <laughs> sit your ass down, bro. Dead ass. Sit your ass down. That was my whole basketball career because me and coach didn't see eye to eye. Mm. Did you uh, did you go to prom in high school? Um, the only prom I went to was my senior year. I had chances to go to my you know sophomore with you know other people, but I only went to my senior my senior year prom. I should have skipped it. Yeah, I should have skipped that shit, bro. <laughs> what up? So all right, so we are a senior in high school, right? What do you do when you graduate? What are you thinking? Like, I'm gonna do this. What did you? What were the plans after you graduated? Um, I went straight to school, bro. I went straight to school. Um, I went to a school out here. My mom didn't want me going nowhere. Mama's boy. My mom was like, "Nah, you finna stay here." Because I was actually trying to go to uh, Clayton State University in Atlanta, uh -huh. and that that school was actually down the street from my aunt's house. Literally, probably like 15 minute drive. And I put in reservations. I actually went to tour that school. Um, because I wanted to play, I wanted to try out for the basketball team. Mm -hmm. You know, I talked to the coach. Um, I didn't have no film because our coach didn't do, we didn't, he didn't do anything for us. So it was just like, the only thing I had was my word, you know, yeah. my word. Yeah, basically that's all I had. And I, you know, I did AAU, but <laughs> the, the, the motherfuckers that was playing AAU during my time period. Yeah. There was no, it was, there was no point of me even going out there, bro. No, no <laughs> Them dudes was something serious, and they were tall, so I'm real short. Even though, yeah, I'm showing out, these dudes were – my nigga, come on, bro. You got a ball bouncing off the rim, and you got a dude flying from out of nowhere. He grabs it, <laughs> and he, wind, he windmills it. He fucking – my dad almost dropped his camera because that shit was so nasty, bro. He dropped it. Bro, the dude who got – and the dude got dunked on, which made it so fucking nasty, bro. He literally windmilled it when it came off the rim and dunked it on the dude. And me and my – I turned around and looked at my dad like, oh, shit. Like, I'm looking at my dad and my homeboy. And we all – I got hype on the wrong team, bro. He's, he's sitting like, hey, who is he? What bro, team I got hype on the wrong for? team. What team does he play for? Man, that shit was nasty. That was a little AAU shit my dad took us to in Atlanta. But um, – what was, what was college? College was good, dude. What was that? You, what would you major rough, in? Rough. That first time going to college, I was young, bro. That that was rough for me. That that I should have. Um, if you want to be real, bro, I should have went the military route. I wasn't ready to go to school. I wasn't ready to do anything when I graduated. I um I because I wanted to go to Clayton State University, mm -hmm. and since I had to actually stay here to go to school because my mom my mom did not want me going nowhere, you know. This happened when I was um, during the sixth grade year. I actually asked, can I stay in Atlanta because I wanted to stay home? And my mom was like, no, can't nobody take care of you like they take, like I can. So there was no, there was nowhere for me to really go. So my college years was here. I went to um, Pensacola uh, Community College. That's what it was called during that time period. Uh, yeah, I just smoked. I just smoked, bro. Really? Yeah. I, I was upset. I didn't. I didn't want to go to class. I was just pissed. 
So I literally just smoked. I mean, I went to class sometimes, but when I got to class, I was so damn high. I just, I just slept. I did my homework and shit, but like I stopped going to school. Um, I just didn't care. So that's literally when my life took a a whole toll. My life from right there at that point, it went this way. So it what? Were you, so did you did you just did you just leave school or what? What were you just like? F it or? Uh, I stopped going to school. Uh, I started, I was lying about going to school. Mm. Um, I was actually doing other shit instead of like, tell me, like, yeah, I'm going to school, but I'm actually going to go do some other shit. Right. So it's like, yeah, I'm trying to hold off enough until I can actually re-register myself back into school. So when I do re-register myself back into school, um, I'm telling my friends, yeah, I'm actually, I'm going back to school, but I started doing the, the same shit. Mm-hmm. I wasn't ready to go to school so um, I actually started looking and going to the military because I actually started doing off the wall shit I started my life just went downhill and are you I, calling uh, out because you want to are you calling for something or are you wilding out because you want to be seen what's this what's this thing that you were crying out for that you were looking for at that time um, assess yourself. honestly bro thinking about it now I was just probably just miserable, bro. Like, I just felt like I should have just left instead of staying. You know, I was I was growing up, I should have just left. But my parents, with growing up with the, the parents that I had, their their word of mouth was so strong. It's like, uh, it's kind of itchy for me to, you know, I want to leave. It's kind of your growth a little bit. Yeah, it's like, uh, I can't, I can't leave, you know. And, you, and we all went through that shit. Me, all, all my siblings went through that shit. But being able to not leave, being stuck here, there was this this here, this place, Pensacola is not a place where you just want to sit here and stay. It's not nowhere you, because if you're not moving forward, you get attached to the wrong crowd and you start doing the wrong shit. And that's literally when my life has started going, um, because I didn't want to go to school. I, I was done with school. I just didn't want to go. So I started, um, being reckless yeah i started smoking a lot more i started hanging around with the wrong crowd um um i actually tried to turn my life around before i met my wife um um i tried to go into the military i was trying to go into the army but you know little podcast i ain't tripping it's like it's, it's personal but it's already out there in the air i went down I took my um, my ASVAB test and everything. I went and took it. I went to MEP and then you did all that shit. Um, came back and my mind moves. My mind moves, bro. It just moves. Like if I'm not doing something right there in that moment, I'm finna go find something to do. Like if I can't, if I'm not playing basketball, bro, I'm finna go find something to do and it's not nothing good. So I went, you know, took myself down the wrong path uh, right before I was finna go into the military and I ended up getting in trouble. Um, I ended up getting arrested. I got arrested actually on this base. Um, I got arrested on the base where my, my dad stayed at. I was breaking into cars. And the reason why I was going through shit like that is one, I was still pissed off about not me being able to leave. And two, my mom got diagnosed with cancer. Mm. So nobody's really talking to me 
trying to explain things to me or, you know, calm me down, making sure I'm all right or anything. You know, I didn't get, my family was not very, a very comfort family. You know, we didn't do too much of comforting. Um, so basically I'm just dealing with that. And my only outlet was basically smoke. I didn't do, I didn't drink. Um, I didn't pop pills. I didn't, you know, I didn't do any of that shit. I just literally, I smoked. And I smoked myself to, to the point to where I just didn't care what the fuck happened. So, I, you know, I ventured out, went around, breaking into cars, taking shit. And then, you know, I ended up getting caught in somebody's car. The dude, i never forget the dude that caught me. This motherfucker was about 6'6", six, six, bro. Never forget that shit. That motherfucker was about 6'6". Six, six. It grabbed me. It was like, yeah, it's, you done, bro. I had, bro, I, I had a bag full of shit. I had a bag full of shit, bro. And then the bad thing about it was what was the other crazy. Um, the weed that I was smoking before I ended up doing the shit, I ended up rolling me up some more. And I was walking around the base smoking that shit before I did it. And I still had some blunts in my pocket. So I asked dude, I was like, I couldn't run. This motherfucker had every door blocked, bro. I wasn't finna jump through this motherfucking window, bro. I took it as, this is my punishment. Take it as it is, bro. Because for one, if they go ahead and just um do the finger press and everything, they're going to find me. So I can't, I ain't got really nowhere else to go. So I took the punishment as it was. But I asked the dude, can I use the bathroom? Because I need to flush all the weed that was in my fucking pocket. I wasn't finna get caught with no weed on that damn base because that would have been a whole different charge. So... Um, I ended up getting locked up that morning. It was like four or five o'clock in the morning. Did he let you flush it? He let you flush it? Oh, he didn't he didn't know I had weed on me. Oh. I asked him, can I use his bathroom? And he had his back door blocked off with a chair and he was standing by the front door. So I had nowhere to go. So um I just said, Yo, can I use the bathroom? I said, I ain't even gonna I just can I use the bathroom real quick? Because when I reached in my pocket, I said, Oh shit, nigga, I still got four bucks in my fucking pocket. So I said, yo, can I use the bathroom? You let me go in there. I pushed all those shits. Um, came back out, sat down. Police came and got me, called my parents. That right there was probably, yeah, it, that. It I didn't even care, bro. I didn't care. Um, I just didn't care. Um, during that time, my age, I didn't well, care. Hold up. So you're breaking into cars. How do you get in his house? He picked you up and took you in the house? So he got, yeah. And I couldn't run. I fucked my ankle up. Like, literally, when I tried to get out of that car, my whole ankle twisted because he startled me. And the way I got out, I couldn't do shit. There was nowhere for me to go. So he basically had me, and we was walking. And he had already had called the police and everything. So, you know, I just sat there and waited for the police. You know, like, and, I, you know, it's still in the back of my head, if you would have tried anything, shoot, stupid, I would have busted out the window. But the dude was just pissed off because it was his neighbor's car that I was in. Mm. So, and he was like, oh, I know this ain't your car. And I know you're not the person that owns this car. What are you doing in this car? So it was like, I just took my punishment as it was. I, I didn't have nowhere else to go. I was already in a a, cloud, a cloudy situation anyway. Um, you're 18 with, years old? You're 18, 20, right? 20 something? Um, Actually, I was 20. I was 20 years old when this happened. Mm. Did you get, was it the military police or the real police, Florida police? Uh, military police. Oh, that's kind of a good thing then, instead of... Uh, I wouldn't so much call it a good thing. Or did they pass you to the Florida Florida police? I I got... So I also, I also had another charge from... Um, um, I actually pawned some shit that I stole a long time ago. It was a while. It was like before I even had started doing that shit. But somebody ended up like filing for it. It was like a little camera or something. 
I had got in trouble for the camera. Mm-hmm. And that was a state felony. Um, so basically when I got in trouble and everything, they my charging, everything was a misdemeanor. Everything was a misdemeanor at first. I don't I honestly couldn't even tell you how everything turned into a whole felony, bro. Mm. Everything turned into a felony. I wasn't able to go into the military no more. Um and which I never understood. Oh, excuse me. I never understood why I could not go into the military when they were accepting people with worse charges than I than I had. I've only been in trouble one time. And you know, they could have gave me the benefit of the doubt, like, you know, this your first offense, this, that, third. Nah, they this motherfucking judge gave me the whole boot, bro. Mm. I got I got um I ended up um I didn't get locked up that day. You know, I ended up, you know, posting bond or whatever. No, actually, I did get locked up, but I ended up getting out on bond. I couldn't come back to the base. I was banned from base. Um, but, you know, fast forward a little bit. Uh, I still was doing the same reckless shit, mm-hmm. you know, but I was sitting here trying to keep money, you know, because I'm not getting money from my parents, and I wasn't having no job, but I was getting money in other ways. So I was sitting there chilling with a homeboy, and this is the time when I – this is literally right – right before I met my wife, um, uh, literally right before I met my wife, I got locked up. I had got locked up. Me and her were talking for a couple of weeks. I actually started staying with her on the base that we're staying in now. I actually started staying with her, but I was sneaking on this base, but this base wasn't, you know, it's free to come in. It's free to come, not free to come through, but it's, it's access to just come through and come to the housing area. Mm-hmm. But if you kind of get to the back, you know, you got to show your cat card and everything. Uh, so, you know, I was coming to this base and I, I was really trying to turn my life around, show the judge and everything that, you know, I'm trying to get my life together. I'm going, I'm going to go to school for barbering and shit. So I'm li- like, this is real personal. Like, this is like real personal because this is one of the, um, uh, a part of my life where I never felt low in my life. Mm-hmm. Like, this is worse than me getting locked up, like low. Um, I was walking, literally, we stayed probably like right across the street from here. I was walking to the school because the school was literally right across the street. And I was just like, I'm just going to stay here for the night, you know, so I can walk to the school and I can go register for school. And I had my backpack on. And the only thing I had in my backpack was a pair of hair clippers because I was cut, I had cut my hair that day. Um, I had used my dad's hair clippers and I cut my hair that day. So we, I walked out. And I ended up leaving my ID card in her damn in her damn car. She worked on the whole other base, so I couldn't even get to her. And I'm walking, I'm walking, not realizing the cops are driving around the base. It's ten o'clock in the fucking morning, bro. I'm just going to the school. Cop pulls up, he flashes his fucking lights. I didn't run. I'm sitting like, I ain't do shit. I literally just walked out this house. I just because I just had woke up, and he literally walks up to me. He said, hey, where you going? What's in your backpack? And I'm like, I don't know too much about the law. I'm just trying to stay out of trouble. Like, I'm not trying to cause no trouble. I'm not trying to have them, you know, write my name or anything. I'm just like, I'm just going to the, I'm just going to the school. I'm going to go register for school, for barbering school. I'm going to go do all this. And he was like, where's your buddy? And I was like, my buddy? I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, sir. He said, somebody, just some woman just seen you walking around looking into people's garages and shit. And I'm sitting like, that's fucking crazy. Like, I'm sitting there like, I literally just got in trouble for this shit on the other base, and somebody's over here doing it on this base. And I'm sitting there like, 
I don't know what you're talking about, sir. I said, I don't even know anybody on this base besides the one man I'm staying with, sir. And this is a white cop. I never forget this shit, bro. And he was like, hold on a second. So he's sitting around, I'm sitting there and I'm shaking. And I'm so like, damn, man, I'm about to go to jail right now. I should have ran. Honestly, I should have ran. But I wouldn't have been able to get no damn way because it was a long run to the front gate. Long run to the front gate. So, uh, you know, he's running my name and everything. And he turned around, who was the, uh, he was like, where's your white friend that you uh, were walking around with? And I was like, sir, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about. I said, I don't know anybody on this base. And he was like, you were walking around with a white hair, with a uh, with a white kid with long white hair. I mean, not long white hair, but with long hair. And I'm sitting there like, I don't know what you're talking about. So fast forward a little bit, he ends up calling the fucking marshal down there. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I said, this shit can't get no fucking worse. I have no ID card, bro. So I can't even plead myself to saying this is exactly who I am. All I know is you're getting information from a couple saying that they see me looking into a garage. And I literally just walked out of the house. I don't even know what the fuck going on. So Marshall comes over there, black cop. They ended up putting me in the fucking car. I ended up getting in that fucking car. I never ended up making the school. I got locked up that I didn't get, I got um, not locked up that day but they took me to the holding cell and they had other questions like trying to figure out who I was around, who was I with? I'm like, I don't, I'm not with nobody or anything, but I don't know who y'all talking about. They did a fake ass lineup. You know, this shit goes, you know, goes real deep, but um, it's just that I got mistreated really bad during that time period. And then I ended up getting locked up. So, because I was trespassing, I actually was trespassing. I knew I was trespassing, but I was, being smart about where I was at. It's just that I got bunched up in some shit that I don't even know what the fuck goddamn was going on. Mm-hmm. And you can literally see it on the paper and everything, bro. You know, I still got the paperwork and I, I read it all the time. Like I got locked up on some not 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 being disrespectful, but the the people that they were speaking, they were Hispanic. And the the guy he um the, the guy I was speaking to, they were Hispanic. And they, they didn't he said that they couldn't really speak English that well. You know, they write you could read on the paper that, you know, they really didn't know what the what they were saying. The way they described me, <laughs> my nigga, I had none of that shit on, bro. Like, no, and I still, and that, that's that's the crazy thing. I still got locked up. They described this dude, this black dude, and they described the white dude. I didn't look like my nigga. I'm not tall, bro. I'm not tall. I'm short. The guy they were looking for was pretty tall. I'm short. The guy they were looking for had on jeans. I didn't have on jeans. I had on some fucking basketball shorts and a white beater, bro, and a hat that matched everything that I had on with a backpack on. So that's how they described me. And I still got locked up for that shit. So, you know, I think back on that shit all the time. I'm like, damn, that's that. I literally went through some shit that I did not realize. Cause I was too stuck in my head. Like, like I'm finna get fucking locked up. Not thinking about how everything just transpired. What just fucking happened. I ended up going to, um, staying with one of my dad's friends. I stayed with him for like a couple of days and I got subpoenaed. Court marshals came up and got me. They was like, yeah, the judge want to talk to you. I said, okay, cool. They handcuffed me. I'm like, why y'all handcuffed me? I'm not going to go nowhere. I didn't, I'm not, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Mm-hmm. Apparently, niggas run when shit like this goes on. That's why they handcuffed me. So when I got to the dang on court, um, they put me in the holding cell under the court with a couple other people down there. I never seen the judge that day, bro, and I never went home that day. Mm. I was I ended up got getting locked up and that's how I had to contact my parents. So when I got locked up, they took me out. Um 
I got bonded out. I ended up um, not bonded out. When I got, I ended up going to a county in a whole different, in a whole different area. I wasn't even locked up in my county. I got locked up in a whole different other county. I'm not gonna sit here and say that that wasn't a bad thing. I'm actually grateful that I got locked up over there because the facility over here is it's a no go. The facility where I was at, you know, it's it was like okay. This is tolerable, you know. Everybody in here is cool. Everybody's, you know, everybody looks out for each other in here. It's nothing too bad in here, but it's some fact that there's no reason for me to be in here. The judge was trying to show me. He was. All right, folks. That was part one, episode eighty-six, footprints in the sand, uh, with Pernell Lucas. Want to thank Pernell Lucas for being so honest. That's part one. Part two will be dropping Friday. And the reason why we call this episode footprints in the sand because it reminds me so much. If you ever watched The Lion King. Uh, when you see Mufasa's paw and Simba walks behind him and he puts his paw inside there. That's what reminds me of Purnell, you know, as he's raising his kids, the mistakes that he made in life and the lessons that he's learned, that his sons won't have to go through the same thing. Just sometimes in life you gotta you gotta experience something so you can talk from the experience. And that's a, such a wonderful story that he told us about redemption, about growing, about black love, about finding his wife and everything else. So we appreciate Purnell Lucas uh, for part one. We'll be dropping part two. Footprints in the Sand 2. They'll be dropping this Friday at 6 o'clock, ladies and gentlemen. This is the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Have a wonderful day. Hey, you're live on the podcast, One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. This is when I see black excellence, man. It's Dave Chappelle, Michael Che, Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy, all sitting at the table. I said, yo, Eddie, Mr. Murphy, I, said, I just want to say, man, you the GOAT, man. You're the coldest nigga that ever walked the face of the earth. You gotta break that thing over. She wants it private, but y'all not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. And then I said, and I said, uh uh-uh, uh, and I'm be the next Jamar neighbors. Yeah. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jared Waters. And I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.